The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, a heavily congested Brian Schulmeister. Oh, Canada get the better of you? Uh, kids. I think it's more kids. Oh, oh, that's right. The disease factories. Yes, yes. The little disease carrier bringing things home every single day. So Yay. good times. Look, it's making you stronger. That's right. I, th- I think I'm strong enough at this point. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh, a bit of follow-up here. That AI-generated George Carlin comedy special that everybody hated and is being sued. Uh, not done by AI. Written by humans. Really? Yeah, initial reports from NPR said the AI was trained on thousands of hours of Carlin routines to create the material, but Dude Z, the channel that created <laughs> and posted the video, was later approached by the New York Times, and their spokesperson said the video was completely written by Chad Kultgen, one of the channel's hosts. Uh, both host comedian Will Sasso and writer Kultgen are named in the suit. So, well, not AI. I sense publicity play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slap on AI on that thing, and everybody's going to pay attention right now. Now, they should have just made it funny. That would have helped. That really would have helped. Yeah, that would have been. You know, you can get publicity, but quality not so much. Yeah, yeah. This is not. This is not good for them. No, it's not. This is what you get when when you mess with George Carlin. Even from the grave, he'll come back at you. That's right. Uh, I saw this one. This was pretty cool. This is a little another little bit of follow up because we've been talking about the AI car, or not the AI car, trying to get publicity. I got universe creep. Uh, EVs. We've been talking about EVs and how they seem to be on the wane in popularity. And, uh, you know, e-bikes were really big during COVID and they seemed to, you know, kind of started waning a bit since I think everybody on the planet owns like two or three at this point. Well, this is a new study out of Germany that suggests that people that get cargo bikes, electric cargo bikes versus regular e-bikes are much more likely to get rid of their cars. Well, you can do your shopping with us. Yeah, that's the upside. You know, it turns into an actual useful vehicle, not just something out for a daily meander down the bike path well you know as with most things california and santa monica in particular seems to be way ahead of the curve on this because uh, i remember back in the day going to the farmer's market every sunday in the in santa monica and of course there were a bunch of people that pulled up in these the thing is infrastructure where's the parking where's where's all the bike locks where's 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 the roads that i would feel safe riding this bike down yeah i mean well it's the same as any bike really but uh well it's a uh, bit wider not really, though. Well, when you slap the things on the side, Jason. Yeah, they're just about as wide as your ass. I had one of the electric cargo e-bikes for a Maybe little bit. Your ass. Um, yeah. Well, you know, even even my svelte little tiny butt. Uh, it wasn't that much bigger when you when you right. had it all put together. I mean, not by it, it. It didn't get wider than the handlebars. Let's just say that. Yeah. So uh, that part wasn't really a thing. It just, they are heavier for sure, so you can't put them in your car. So they're definitely made for going from home to the place and back. Yeah. And God forbid you have stairs. I think I think the one that I had weighed about 90 pounds. Yeah, that's that's hefty. Yeah, so that's, you know, garage to farmer's market and back. 
Yeah. You know, if I were still living in Santa Monica, I would totally get one of these. Just Yeah. I could do actually, everything. I wouldn't I wouldn't even need a car. Nope. You wouldn't. Except to get to my mom's and, you know, anywhere that wasn't Santa Monica. But other than that, yeah. Oh, you could take public transfer. Oh, wait. No, oh, you yeah. do that. <laughs> So uh, this was, uh, like I said, it was a German program. So they actually surveyed uh, about 2,386. So that's actually, act- <laughs> that's not about, that's, they surveyed 2,386. Well, it's a, it's a German survey, Jason. They're going to give yeah. you the exact number of people that they surveyed. And yeah. they also probably went in and built all the infrastructure for this so it would actually work <laughs> because they're German. Um, Yes, I like this. A bit more than 18% of survey respondents said they either got rid of their car or decided buying against a car. And 80% of those people said they did so for environmental reasons. Nearly 49% said they ditched a car for financial reasons. 42% because they had no interest in driving a car and about 10% due to the safety risks of driving a car. And uh, this was the the real shocker. The average age of the study's participants was 41.6 years old. Right. Well, I think the shocker there is 80% of the people said they did so for environmental reasons. But I have heard that the environmental movement is very big in Germany. Mm. They want to make sure that the planet's nice so they can take it over again. Take it over again. <laughs> Nobody wants to take over a shithole. In the news. Now, Brian, we, we've talked a couple times about how Gizmodo is, is basically run by uh, an alternate universe, us. Yes. And... I loved I loved this this latest article. Thank God FTX won't be coming back. So it is it is official that FTX is dead, dead, dead. I'm convinced that Gizmodo has run a headline writing AI on our shows. I swear they have to have. Uh, but the the real the real kicker was this one paragraph. FTX was a walking disaster of a company, and any attempt to rehabilitate its image would be the equivalent of trying to turn a flaming dumpster into a functional commuter vehicle. Best to let it die a natural death and have it serve as a warning to would-be crypto criminals to never try anything remotely resembling this scheme again. Bravo. Sadly, nobody's going to listen, and we will have more of them. Yes, yes. Oh, of course. Of course. Crypto crypto ain't dead, brother. Crypto ain't dead. Uh, this guy might be dead soon, though. Uh, Elon Musk has uh, actually got his Neuralink company to insert a chip into a human. How is that even possible? It was approved by the FDA. So they said the, F- the sure. FDA can't approve anything, but they approve this. As we well, no, as we just found out that, you know, all the cough medicine that we've been taking our entire lives has turned out to be absolutely useless in snake mm-hmm. oil. Mm-hmm. So now they're just letting him shove chips into people's heads. Yeah, this guy's gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's fucked. He's yeah. fucked. And we're fucked if, if if we let Elon start putting chips in people's heads. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, we can't he can't get a self driving car to work. How's he gonna get a robot here? Did the lawsuit about all the monkeys that they killed and then lied about how many of them died, has that even been resolved yet? I just don't understand how this happens. But okay. <laughs> it's all a right. strange time to be alive. I mean, I'm sure the person was like last resort, like life life was crap. It was there was no quality of life. Mm-hmm. Things were totally screwed for this guy. Okay, sure. Let's do this. But, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, you would have to go off to some private island and do this. Or stuff. Mexico. Yeah, or Mexico or Thailand. But yeah, I guess now we do it here. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. man, <laughs> we've been saying since this show started, we live in a third world country. So bring yep. it on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there were some Senate uh, hearings this week. And uh, Linda Yaccarino made the news because mm-hmm. uh, she, she threw out some interesting statistics 
This is very interesting statistics. They said she said that less than one percent of X's users were teens ages thirteen to seventeen. Bullshit. Yeah, absolute bullshit. But here's the here's the real twist to it. She is calling X a fourteen month old company, completely forgetting the fact. Not forgetting. This is a. a um, I, I don't even revisionist know. Revisionist history. Re- it is. It is a revisionist history. But I think it even goes. It's like revisionist history plus plus. Uh, yeah, saying that X is only 14 months old and Twitter never existed. So they're they're all new now, even though they live on the carcass of the dead. Underneath she is them. aware that companies exist before you start working there, right? No, I don't think oh, okay. so. No, I don't think so. Look at this brand new place I've walked into. Uh, so, yeah, that was just a funny bit for me that she just she's actually towing the line with a straight face to fucking Senate. that yes. X is only 14 months old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, I don't know if you watched any of the proceedings. I, I did watch God, a little no. bit of it. It was, it's better than it has been. I'll I'll put it that way. Like most of the senators actually know what this stuff is now, and most of the senators kind of stayed to the point and asked good questions. Of course, there were idiots like Tom Cotton and and some of the other senators that, um, just asked really stupid things bordering on racist and and definitely a lot of people trying to score political points instead of staying to the task at hand but overall a lot better than it ever used to be um it was uh, it was a uh, we had the ceos of meta snap discord x and tiktok uh somebody badgered mark zuckerberg into turning around and facing a bunch of people uh, the room was filled with parents of children who had been victims of online exploitation and he apologized to them um, I didn't the realize canned apology that a was canned apology released that didn't mean 10 anything. seconds later. Yes. Yeah. And, like, and, and nothing, <laughs> nothing will fucking change. Of course. Yeah. I didn't realize that discord was considered such a big thing at this point, but it is now it's, it's up there with everybody else. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, you know, the senators really just kind of pointed out every single one of your platforms has been used and you have no moderation. You don't bother with moderation. You pay lip service to moderation, fix it. And they won't. So. No, of course not. No, it's not in anybody's best interest to have this fixed. It is. It's not just it's just not, the people. Yeah. Well, yeah, but fuck the people. You got to turn the whole system off. You just you really I'm do okay have to with turn that. the whole system off. Uh, I've done that now. It's it's yeah. pretty nice. I yeah. yeah. No no more social on the phone. I just have it on one iPad. So right. it is for that time of day when I kick back at night and just you know want to scramble my brain before I go to bed. It's mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> Uh, no, um, actually, uh, platformer, uh, that just came out, Casey Newton's newsletter has a really good take on this and talks about, uh, some, some possible solutions to it that they'll never do. Um, and I, I would like to say that the, the questioning of the TikTok CEO was not borderline racist. That was 100 fucking percent racist. Okay. It, it <laughs> actually was, really fucking was. It was. He's like, I'm from was. Singapore, China. Yeah. You You're from China? <laughs> Yeah, uh, he remarkably kept his shit together pretty well. Not that I want to give uh, TikTok any points, particularly given the next story. Um, okay, <laughs> and here we go. This was the big news inside my household. Of Universal course. Music Group warns it will pull songs from TikTok after deal expiration, and it didn't just warn; it, they did it. So they've yes, started they pulling the catalogs of the performers they represent, including Taylor Swift, Drake, and Billie Eilish, The Weeknd, and others. They are no longer available on TikTok, and any videos featuring the music will be muted going forward, forcing creators to replace the tracks with options from other music labels or amateurs or whatever the fuck they want that isn't UMG. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, basically just uh, talks melted down. TikTok basically said, we don't need you. And Universal said, well, you're using us, so you need to pay us for it. And TikTok said, Nah. And then UMG said, okay, I'm taking my toys and going home. 
And okay. that's kind of how it played out. So, <laughs> All right. I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall in your house for that. <laughs> oh, boy. It's been a stressful week. Oh, man. Now, can, can you uh, get your wife pointed at Spotify next? Can you just have her go Spotify pays. Not much. No, not much, but they pay. That's that's the argument. Uh, it's like we are just trying to get anything we can from these people because they it. don't want to pay us anything. Yeah, there's a good article over at uh, Bloomberg called TikTok is thrown into disarray as music from Taylor Swift, Aria Grande disappeared, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we know mm -hmm. that. This column is usually about uh, podcasting and things of the like. So, but it, it sometimes they throw in the, the audio side of social media, which they did today. And uh, I really like this because they actually uh, highlight some of the artists that are stuck in the middle of the fight. Yeah, it sucks for the artists. It, it really, really does. does. Yeah. yeah. This this one artist, uh, Cody Fry, he has a really good quote. I feel like I'm a person standing between two colliding planets. It's just hard as a hardworking artist to see a budding viral trend with one of your songs that's really awesome in its infancy, just like that, get crushed by multi-billion dollar corporations. Yeah, and, then you know, TikTok's argument is that that's the point. That's why you should have your music up here and we should pay you nothing for it because you're, you're breaking artists. It's promotion. How, how many times have we heard that argument, Jason? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. promotion. You sh we shouldn't get paid because you're promoting yourself and you're gaining more fans. Universal's point is, no, you're making billions of dollars. You're using our content. You need to pay us. Not a lot, but you need to pay us. And Universal's argument really is just, we got to hold the line here because we need to get paid for this stuff. So mm -hmm. sorry. Sorry, people that had viral things breaking right now. Promotion isn't going to be enough. You need to get paid. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, whatever. It's two big conglomerates fighting each other. It's hard to feel sympathetic either way. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel sympathy. I feel symp sympathy to the artist is the only place I feel yeah. the sympathy. I'm sympathy really. to my mortgage payments. So uh, go yeah, UMG. Of course. Of course. Uh, at the end, though, uh, Noah Kahan, I don't, I've never heard of him, but apparently he's a Grammy nominee for Best New Artist. And he, he, this, is, this is interesting. He said to know when his new song is going to be available since it won't be on TikTok anymore. He explained people should pre-save it on their preferred streaming app. Mm -hmm. How do you pre-save it? Pre-save is the new pre-order. Okay. So you can go into Spotify and and people track these things. It's it's like it's it's almost like the new charts. Um, it, that's all it really does is you, you, if you're following an artist and you go to Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, um, you can basically as an artist you can put in you know I'm going to release this track on next Tuesday, okay. and people okay. go in, click on pre-save. And when it comes out on Tuesday, you get notified and there all right. you go. Okay. That's it. That's, that's all it is. It's dumb. It shows you how much I know about streaming apps. <laughs> you that's... know, this is one of those things where we've lost the gatekeepers, the traditional gatekeepers like radio and music and things like that. So like, how do you know when stuff is out anymore? You don't. So people nope. are trying to find ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we even talk about that on Amazon. We follow authors on Amazon and, and you know, we can miss two books because they never notify us. Even yeah, we nine have times out of little... ten, they never even send the damn mailing. I know. Even though I have the little checkbox marked, notify me of upcoming releases. Yeah. Nothing. Well, Zippo. you know, it's not Amazon. Amazon probably says, well, that's up to the, you know, it's, it's up to the publisher to use a tool that we have to send out oh. a notification or something, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And as we know, publishers don't do shit. Yes, so. exactly. Sucks to be a creator. It does. Uh, although I, I love this. Music piracy is back in a big way, especially from YouTube. Of course. Visits to music piracy websites went up more than 13% last year, says a new report. The majority of those visits were to sites that allow users to download the audio from YouTube URLs. Mm -hmm. So this is just people who don't know how to go get set app. 
like we say very often, and get the Downey app and and just download it straight to your computer. You don't need a website to do it. Uh, yeah. Or view source and find the source URL and just go load that and save it because um, people are lazy and dumb. But anyway, so people are downloading music again, which is interesting since all these platforms make it extraordinarily hard to put downloaded music on your device. Yes, it does. Uh, I mean, I've got I, I've been trying to do this with my library, with my iPhone, uh, with Apple and uh, Apple Music. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I saved it and I have all the files locally and transferring them to my phone is just it is it, it works like a third of the time. Syncing is impossible. It is painful. It is yeah. absolutely painful. For a Something device that, that started off as basically just a music player. Exactly. You I mean, cannot the thing was do a it. Fucking iPod. That was the point of the thing. They have stripped it down so much that everything is reliant on streaming because a it music player, them. a yeah. phone, <laughs> a music player, a phone. And well, an not internet anymore, communicator. Man. Don't forget the internet <laughs> oh, yeah, communicator. Sorry. Internet communicator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, not anymore. All gone now. I wonder if we're going to see an uptick in uh, as the kids kind of start to blow back a bit on on streaming and get nostalgia. I mean, we've seen the rise in vinyl sales, obviously. I wonder if we're going to see a, a rise in uh, MP3 players and digital device players. I, I was tempted to get one a while back just for my car to so make it easier because they're cheap now. You can yeah. get it. And the real nice thing is you can throw in a micro SD card for like, you know, uh, like two terabytes now. I think the micro SD cards have finally gotten up to. Yeah, for like five cents. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah, and just throw that thing in and keep your playlist like you used to do. That would be um, nice. I've been tempted. Been tempted. Uh, Comcast finally got smacked down for its claims that it has a 10G network. Grumpy old geeks, the first 100G podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they finally they finally have to stop saying that their network is 10G. I hope they not- fired whoever came up with that idea in the marketing department. Nobody gets fired, Brian. I know. No, promoted. Nobody gets, yep, that's it. Exactly. Yep. They're now CEO. Yep. CEO plus plus. Oh, this one's interesting. 23andMe has lost billions, almost worthless now. Good. Yeah, since all they their, deserve well, it. All of our data has been hacked and, and sent out to the wild. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. This is uh, Ann Wojcicki's company. You know, her sister yep. Yep. Used, used to be head of YouTube. Yep. Her mom is a superstar. Uh, but, uh, this one, yeah, this is, this is, you know, I, I, would be really interested to be around the, the Thanksgiving table on this one. You know, Susan, how you doing? I run YouTube. We make 10 gazillion dollars a month. And how you doing? Well, I suck people's DNA and I lost all the money. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a, a great idea for a company. Shame they didn't pay any attention to security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, apparently too, uh, I guess the raw data was was stolen oh, too. Yeah. Not just the not just yep. the basics. So. Yep. That that was my biggest nightmare was that that would happen, and this that's why I would never do one of these things. Yeah, I just yeah. wouldn't because who the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, I mean, they've got the, the building blocks of people. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I don't lose any sleep over it. No, I, I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just seemed like a bad idea to me. I, I don't <laughs> trust these internet companies. <laughs> Even though we, we worked for them and we made a bunch of them. That's yeah, exactly that's why, why that's I why don't trust know. them. That's why we know not to trust them. Exactly. Oh, we know how the sausage is made mm-hmm. and sequenced. Now, yeah. <laughs> how the sausage is sequenced. Um, 
The FCC is moving to outlaw AI-generated robocalls. I find this hilarious. Why don't we start with any robocall? Yeah. yeah, they can't outlaw any robocalls, let alone AI-generated robocalls. So this is just like uh, FCC moves to outlaw space alien robocalls from the planet Zeist. <laughs> We're going to outlaw robocalls from companies that start with the letter C. <laughs> in this very special episode of Sesame Street. Oh, uh, yeah. That's good just, luck with that. Good luck. How are you yeah, going to yeah. tell? You can't. You can't do. Nor, you can't do any of them. I've signed up for all the lists. I get calls three times a day. I don't even know why I have a phone mm-hmm. on my music and internet connected <laughs> device. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wish I didn't have a phone on mine. Honestly, there's no oh. point to it. No, I, I the, the I think the one company that I can at least say is doing the most for me when it comes to spam calls is AT&T. Yeah, Verizon's own blocking system is pretty decent, too. Obviously yeah. not good enough, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just there, there's one switch that needs to be set. If call comes from spam caller, don't fucking ring. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Agreed. I don't understand why that's not built in or an option. If, if, if spam likely, then I don't want to hear it ring. Yeah, I mean, because it, it's either it's one or the other. It's either accept calls from only numbers you know, mm-hmm. or the wide open world. And I'd you like, know why I'm, you can't do just only numbers you know, especially as you get a little bit older or you have a kid. Doctors' offices don't use a single number. No, they, they come don't. from all over the fucking place. Yep. Like there is there is no one number for your doctor anymore. I got stung by that big yep. time. Yep. And I yeah, I, I missed a neurologist apartment. Uh, apartment appointment see see that's what happens when you miss see, your you neurologist missed apartment. you missed the appointment jason uh-huh and that uh, took me two weeks to reschedule i was miserable for two weeks this was right after i had the stroke and it was just like just because i had that turned on and i f- didn't realize it i had kaiser in my phone list i had 17 numbers from kaiser my doctor's at kaiser yep. nope comes Every from, call some comes from a completely new number yep yeah uh, so irobot and amazon are going to uh not actually have their uh acquisition so, okay. Hasn't this uh, been going on for like 20 years? It, it feels, feels like. like it. It feels like it. it. It's a good thing for iRobot, though, because they get a $94 million termination fee. Nice. That's how you get paid. Yep. That's how you get paid. Yep. Pretty cool. Well, good for them. Uh, Tesla is being sued by 25 California counties for allegedly mishandling hazardous waste. The lawsuit, which seeks civil penalties and injunction forcing Tesla to correctly handle waste, was filed after months of negotiations reportedly broke down. Civil penalties could amount to as much as 70000 per violation per day. Now, keep that number in mind. Okay. Okay. So, uh, waste materials have included lubricating oils, brake fluids, lead acid batteries, aerosols, antifreeze, fluids, <laughs> propane, paint, acetone, liquefied petroleum gas, adhesives, and diesel fuel. And it continues to do so from and at its facilities. Now, they've been here before, of course, and they reached a settlement with the EPA over our federal hazardous materialations violations before. As part of that, they agreed to properly manage waste at its Fremont plant and pay a $31,000 fee. $31,000. Yeah. Not 70000 per violation per day, which is what they're trying for this time, but they will not get. They will probably get something like a... $31,000 fine, because that's what we do when we don't take things seriously. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're, they're not, definitely not going to get $70,000 per violation per day, but they're going to get more than $31,000 because that what they're going for now is because they broke the deal. Yeah. As, as the, as the, they broke the 2019 deal. So I well, think they're going to come the, back. But that deal say, was only yeah. for one plant, the Fremont plant. So, and this is just a, this is, they're alleging basically 
everywhere. Everywhere wow. Tesla has a plant, they're doing this. So, Got it. <laughs> of course they are. Fun times, fun times. Well, I think everybody's seen this at this point, but... Uh, Speaking of Tesla's heavy metals. <laughs> yes, exactly. Heavy metal drummer cost Elon Musk $55.8 billion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard Tornetta, one-time thrash band drummer. Uh, I love this guy so much. I love this guy so much. He, Me too. He let, nine he let, shares. He has nine, nine guy, shares of Tesla. Nine fucking shares of Tesla. <laughs> and he cost Elon $55.8 billion. <laughs> oh, uh. I love this. I love this so much. And here's the funny part now. So now that Elon's uh, paycheck has been slashed, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, He's he's going. He's trying to uh, have a shareholder vote now to to reincorporate the company in Texas from Delaware, right? Which is actually going to cause more lawsuits. Yes, because it <laughs> just oh, it, I mean, this listen, guy, kids, ketamine this is bad for you. Okay, <laughs> this is what I'm is, saying. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it, and it's just going to get shot down because they're seeing it as obviously a petty move and not fiduciarily responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I glad I sold so much of my Tesla stock. Yeah, and it it was it got to be so bad. Uh, former Tesla counsel Todd Marin broke down in tears mm. in court. So th- that's that's the level of adulthood that we have going on over there. Zero. Zero. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Nine shares. That's all it took. Nine shares and tenacity. Fucking that guy's my hero. It. He is my hero. <laughs> I'm sure his music sucks, but he's still my hero. Exactly. That's why he could only afford nine shares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He definitely isn't crying about getting kicked off of TikTok. Let's say no, that. No, no. Uh, and, and because the hits just keep on coming for old Muskie, uh, he was voted for a second year in a row most overrated CEO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I love this part at the end here. Uh, even Musk tends to agree. After an ex-user asked Musk's company's Grok, the chatbot that's built into X slash Twitter now, uh, roast Elon Musk with one word, and the bot replied, overrated. And at least, at least Elon replied, accurate. So... Uh, yeah, at least he knows he's overrated, but now everybody knows two years in a row. He had two years to fix this. I don't think um, he cares. Again, no, I don't think he does. Well, bad for you kids. I, I think he might start caring since he lost $55 billion. So that, that might tip the scales. Now, and I was thinking about this this morning, you know, everybody has ditched X because of, you know, yeah. we liked, we liked Twitter and we don't like X. We don't like Elon. I don't like that um, brand new company X. No, that brand new 14-month-old company. Yeah. It's Young yeah, whippersnappers. It's a, yeah, those guys don't know what they're doing over there. Uh, so I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm, how much longer is it going to actually exist as as an Elon joint? Because, I mean, they're, they're hemorrhaging people, they're hemorrhaging money, and I think that somebody's going to have to swoop in at some point and buy it. You, you know? think? Yeah. I, think, I think that it's, it's inevitable, and how long is that going to take? Two more years, maybe? three more years, and then the pendulum might swing the other way again, depending on who buys it. But I don't see I don't see old Captain Elon at the helm of that ship for a hell of a lot longer. No, but if it doesn't happen sooner rather than later, it's not going to make a fucking bit of difference because you've got Threads, you've got Blue Sky. Threads seems to really be picking up steam. 130 million users now. Yep. 
I mean, that's, you know, I bet, I bet more than less than one percenter ages 13 to 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long have they been around now? The threads, 14 months or so? <laughs> something like that. Something mm, like that. Yeah. And uh, just one more, one more nail in the the Elon coffin. SpaceX is being sued for negligence in an accident that led to a worker's coma. This guy, uh, Francisco Cabada, has been in a coma for two years now because one of the Raptor engines that they were testing, a uh, big chunk of it flew off and hit him in the head. But hey, you know what? Free Neuralink implant to see if we for, can fix this oh, guy. Oh shit! I didn't even I didn't even cross reference to see if that was the guy. <laughs> Oh, man. So Actually, we're going to charge you a cost because, you know, I need the money. Exactly. We can't afford, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you labor only. It's okay. Um, so uh, his wife is finally suing him, is finally suing SpaceX for his her husband being in the coma. Mm -hmm. And nobody would comment on this. So that's all we have at this point. So. Yeah. But, yeah, and apparently there are a lot of uh, a lot of injuries going on over at SpaceX that have not been reported. Something something along the lines of crushed limbs, amputations, electrocutions, head and eye injuries, and one death. Well, rocket science is actually a big deal. Yeah. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private Internet Access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, Private Internet Access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one Private Internet Access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Media Candy. Jason, big announcement Brian. this week. Oh, Saw, what is it? What is it? Seen on that new company X that's been around for 14 months. We are ineffably elated to confirm that Good Omens will return for a third season. This calls for a round of hot chocolate and sweet treats. You know, the funny thing is, though, I I thought I said that about three weeks ago because I saw it on Blue Sky. 
when Neil when Neil announced it over on Blue Sky because he had left X mm. and 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 uh, announced it over there. Well, so we finally made the PR rounds to Amazon. Finally apparently. made it around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, no, so, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because they left it on a bit of a cliffhanger, as it were. So. You think? Yeah. <laughs> you Looking think? forward to it. I'm I'm hoping and assuming that Neil Gaiman is heavily involved in the writing. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did want to touch on Monarch Legacy of Monsters because I had forgotten I'd finished it last week and just kind of uh, mentioned it in passing. Yeah. I actually really did enjoy it. It was good. Um, I didn't need all the monsters. Uh, of course, they're going to come back for a second season because they left it again. You know, Kong shows up out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was a good show. So I'm happy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Yeah. I think it'll be decent, especially since, you know, we, we know what's going to happen with the reunion of the, the old guys and all yeah. that. So yeah. that's it'll be, good. It'll be interesting. Uh, I started watching a new show on Apple Plus, uh, The Reluctant Traveler with Eugene Levy. Mm. If you know Eugene Levy, you know exactly what this show is going to be like. Ah. Okay. I liked it. Uh, it was <laughs> okay. fine. This is one of those that you should dip into once every month or so. You need to forget the formula and Eugene Levy, and then you can come back and watch another episode and enjoy it because you've forgotten all about it. If you watch it in a row, it's horrible because okay. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it is exactly what you would expect. Eugene Levy doesn't want to go. He's miserable the whole time he's there. They put him in the, the, the best part about the show is actually they find like the, the most insane, like. $15,000 a night hotels that they put him up in and the hotels are fucking unbelievable. So he's happy about that part. Then he has to do something he really doesn't want to do that isn't really that big of a deal, but it's Eugene Levy. So he, he, so the eyebrow goes up and he's miserable and he does his sides to the camera. At the end, he's learned something important and he's really come around to this place and his people are nice and I feel better about the whole thing. Next okay, episode, pass. exactly the same <laughs> thing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, it's fun. If you like Eugene Levy, you'll get a kick out of it. Okay, I don't, which is why I think Apple is really knocking it out of the park with their recommendations on Apple TV Plus because I did not know this existed, and I get almost every single Apple TV recommendation that there is. Right. So I, th- I think that they know. Okay. They, 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 they've nailed the recommendation engine over there. Okay. <laughs> Smartless Podcast is moving to SiriusXM in an exclusive $100 million deal. Because they didn't learn anything from Spotify's or Amazon's deal. This was an Amazon deal. Well, Sirius uh, XM has got to do something because they are I, – I, the only reason they're still in existence is because they make it so goddamn hard to fucking cancel. Yeah, which is why they're getting sued in New York. Yep. So I just think that they need – I think that these companies have figured out uh, how to use podcasting as a tax write-off. Yeah. I bet I bet this deal is is completely engineered as a tax write-off, just like WKRP in Cincinnati ended up being. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, so well, this, uh, was, just, this is horrible news for my wife initially because this that's she listens to it nonstop. She's always listening to the Smartless podcast. She watched the show that uh, the, the, the the documentary uh, thing on HBO. God, uh, I told her about this and she got really freaked out. But then she looked into it. Not really exclusive what they're doing is they're keeping the back catalog exclusive but new episodes will come out everywhere just like normal yeah and as we know the back catalog isn't really monetizable you know past six months so So. it's a fucking hundred million dollar great deal for the smartless guys oh yeah on top of their 60 million dollar deal they just walked out of yeah oh there's no podcast that's worth this much money there's just not none it's, there's no way that they can. They're going to make this money back. Period. No, no chance in hell. No. 
I just, it's, I mean, it's a three-year deal. So that's, you know, still $33 million a year. They're not going to make $33 million back on one show. And nobody's learned that yet. That's why, that's why I think, that's why I, that's why I think that there's something else going on behind the scenes, why they need a write-off. Okay. You know, I, that's, that's my gut. My gut feeling is that we're not seeing the actual accounting that's happening here. So, yeah. uh, Cause it may, I mean, a a five-year-old could, could see that that's not going to work. Well, I'll ask my seven-year-old. We'll see. Yeah. See if he can figure it out. Uh, like Netflix and Disney Plus before it, Hulu is clamping down on password sharing outside the account holder's primary personal residence per an updated subscriber agreement. That is, unless the practice is permitted by your service tier, indicating that users may be able to pay extra to share their membership outside of their household. They will need to start complying with these new rules by March 14th, as The Verge is reporting. The service has been informing subscribers an email that it's adding limitations on sharing your account outside of your household, but they have not made it clear exactly how Hulu plans to track them. Okay. So stop doing it. We're not going to tell you how or why, and you may be able to pay more. Okay. Of course. (laughs) For most people in the U.S., this doesn't mean shit because Disney Plus is, Hulu's now wrapped up in Disney Plus. So you're bound by those those different uh, requirements. So. Yeah, that's the thing. I, you know, at this point I would, I'm I'm really on the edge of just canceling them both because there's nothing coming down the pipe on either one. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, there's nothing new from Disney that I want to see. And Hulu is just kind of one of those ones that I go to. I'm like, okay, is there anything? I like, I scrub all of the other services and there's nothing there. Then I'm like, okay, let's give Hulu one last try, see if there's anything there. So right. um, the only thing I got to say on Hulu that I am addicted to is death and other details. I still heard that's that very good. Just, yeah. Oh God, it's so fucking good. So good. Highly recommended. Uh, Masters of the Air has been out for two weeks now. I just watched episode three last night. I'm I'm very saddened by this show. No good. They the the thing is they, this comes on this is supposedly the Band of Brothers teams. You know, Band of Brothers was one of the most phenomenal series ever made. The Pacific, meh. Masters of the Air, <laughs> Band of Brothers spent the entire first episode on character development. Yep. And you knew exactly who everybody was, where they came from, what they were doing. The Pacific, they tried. It wasn't that great. Masters of the Air, they just threw that shit out the window and just jumped straight into the plane. And it just, it makes me not give a shit about these people, which is really a really sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the and I I think a lot of the problem is most of these guys die because you look at the the return rates on, on, you know, uh, bomber crews in World War II and it's just, it's just ungodly, you know, high how many people were shot down and got killed or became POWs. Uh, so they have that as a, as a, as a problem to begin with the, um, the flying scenes, nah, a little too, too over too CG, two CG. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not catching me. It's really not catching me. So hopefully maybe they'll catch a stride, but it's pretty, but that's about it. You know, yeah. just there's just not enough character development to really make me care about these guys. I, I haven't so. really seen any positive reviews on it, and I'm kind of waiting now. I'm like, I'm not going to invest in it until somebody says I should. So <laughs> nobody yeah. has told me to do it yet. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's not to me. It's just I, I'm going to keep watching it because I tell you what, it is gorgeous on my 75 inch TV in 4K. <laughs> but there's just no. Yeah, but so are the no Apple block. screensavers. That's true. That is true. They are beautiful. So I do have one recommendation, though. 
on a fantastic show that just has, it has the same amount of episodes out right now. Monsieur Spade. It is a new neo-noir show um, that stars Clive Owen. Okay. I love Clive Owen. He's uh, Sam Spade. So this takes place after the Maltese Falcon. He's 60 years old and living in France. And it's uh, it's a murder drama. And it is awesome. It is really, 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 really good. Um, like I said, three episodes out. It's on AMC. And uh, so you can you can get it on AMC or AMC Plus if you have that. I just went to Sweden instead. And uh, it's it's so good. It's, it's fast-paced. Like the dialogue's – it's, you know – it's like a Sam Spade type of thing. He's like, yeah. hey, but he's 60, he's crotchety, and he's a bad motherfucker. Okay. So, and uh, it's just, I, I I can't recommend this enough. My dad actually turned me on to this. Nice. So, if you like the Perry Mason uh, reboot, or not or the prequel that they did on HBO, mm-hmm. or, and now Max, it's, it's very similar to that in style and tone. But it's beautifully shot and uh, amazingly well acted. I can't, I can't recommend that one enough. Okay, cool. Yep, and uh, turns out 28 Days Later is mm-hmm. going to be coming back with 28 Years Later, even though it's not been 22 28 years, years later. Yet. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. by the time it comes out, who the hell knows? Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but Danny Boyle's back, so who cares? Uh, that's that's all I care about. Danny's back. And Cillian Murphy might come back. So they're working that out. He's an executive producer, but I think his Oppenheimer Oscar nom will, will definitely help bring that up. You know, yeah. if uh, that's just a, that's a win for them. But uh, if Sony picked up the rights, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd like be more one. excited about 20, uh, 28 years later for Shaun of the Dead, but okay. I know that's what I was thinking <laughs> of too. When I was, when I was watching this, I'm just like, man, why don't they do another Shaun of the Dead? That would that be was great. The single best zombie movie ever made. Of course. Would, uh, fantastic. Yeah, Even my wife I, loves it. You can't not. Yeah. You can't not love that movie. Yeah. But I, I think uh, 28 Days Later is, is right up there in the – I mean, that's like I think the second best for me because it was just it, – it broke the mold. It gave you running zombies. It was yeah. scary as shit. Nobody would seen that before and it was just like, oh, I like this. This is actually, you know, takes it up a notch. Some people are very anti the running running zombies, which would be Simon Pegg and Shaun of the Dead. He <laughs> hates the running zombies. Yeah. But uh, I like them, so I, I hope they make this thing and get it on, get it done. Well, we've been talking a little bit earlier about Gizmodo and, and how much we've been enjoying them and, and their writing and all that sort of stuff. I didn't realize how deep they were actually getting as well. They run a series about Star Trek anniversaries. Like they, nice. they will bring up every week, like, what are we, what, what, what happened in the past with Star Trek? And they start talking about it. And, and this week's, uh, I discovered it because I guess this one was going a little bit viral. So it was pumped up their algorithm and pu- bubbled up in my feed a bit higher. Uh, this is great. It's a banner week in a banner week for questionable Star Trek anniversaries. But while earlier this week we found at least something to admire in Voyager's bold exploration of the Warp 10 threshold and space amphibian evolution, there's very little to admire in the other major milestone. 30 years ago today, (laughs) the next generation took us to planet Scotland and Sub Rosa, where Beverly Crusher exchanged all thoughts of character agency for 40 minutes in exchange for some generational family ghost loving. Yes, my friend, it's the ghost candle sex episode. But how bad can the ghost candle sex episode really be? The answer is very bad. Very, very no, bad. This is one of the greatest episodes of all time. This is one, one of, of the greatest, greatest write-ups about one of the greatest episodes yeah. of all time. <laughs> it is great. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. If you remember this episode and how fucking stupid it was, you're going to love this. 
when I first moved to Los Angeles and we, we were uh, living over in Hollywood, mm-hmm. every time we would we would go to the mall, we'd be going to the Beverly Center. <laughs> because <laughs> every time <laughs> Beverly. Beverly. If you if you've seen the episode, you know you'll you'll get it. <laughs> but that was a running joke, I think, for ten years. Oh. <laughs> That 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 episode gave gave so much to the world. It really did. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, a little news on uh, Daredevil: Born Again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I didn't know that they had a title, and they're bringing the you know they're putting the band back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, Bullseye will be coming back, which is cool. The okay. other cool thing is. Uh, they apparently took the writer strike to go and fix a lot of things that were wrong with it. So they went and redid, reworked a bunch of the episodes. They're going to, you know, figure out how to shoot them and all that stuff. But the sad thing is, they took it from eighteen episodes, which might have been a little too much, actually, <laughs> to a thirteen episode season. Okay, because uh, you know they make these things movies nowadays. It's not like you know the old twenty two episodes of TV. Well, no, we don't like, have time for the Beverly Sex in Planet Scotland with a ghost episode. We yeah, got, we got to cut to the real get, story here. You cut to the story, but Beverly would be very sad <laughs> to hear this. Uh, uh, I'm just looking forward to it. They say it's not going to be till 2025 now, so boo. Okay. But okay. hey, but we're going to get some more Daredevil. They're going to be, you know, Daredevil in the, you know, old folks home. But hey, yeah. we'll get it. <laughs> well, speaking of that, and I didn't put this in the show notes because I just saw it a little bit earlier today. We finally have a release date for the Beetlejuice sequel, which is cleverly titled Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yep. Yeah, it's coming in, uh, <laughs> what, I think August or September. Can't remember. Okay. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully hopefully the chemistry and the magic is still there. Yep. Hope so. Yeah, the new Ghostbusters doesn't look too That one too looks bad all right either. too. Yeah. 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 I'm kinda yeah, we'll see what they do. We'll mm-hmm. see what they do. I'm I'm in. I'm in. I, I just right now I just want to go get to the theater and go see uh, Godzilla uh year one. I oh, really want to go good. see that. Yeah. yeah. I want to see it in the theater. My my buddy wants to go, so I think we're gonna try that this week. I haven't been to the theater in five years. <laughs> So it'll be an experience. I went, I went to for uh, the Mario Brothers movie with the kid. <clears throat> okay. Yep, it's a good time. All right. Uh, this is a, a let's we'll close out with this one. Richard Prince. Uh, we covered him a long time ago. Basically, what he was doing is he would do a screenshot of an Instagram post, and then print it really big and sell it for a gazillion dollars, up to a hundred grand each for these things. And this is why I find the art world to be complete and utter bullshit. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. One of many reasons. No, I used to work in the art world, and everybody in the art world knows it's bullshit. Right. That's the great part about it. Uh, That's why NFTs weren't much of a stretch. Also bullshit. No, actually, they weren't. Yeah. 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 When I explained them to my dad at first, he was just like, that tracks. (laughs) Sucker (laughs) born any minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he has agreed to pay at least $650,000 to two of the photographers uh, in the copyright lawsuit. So they win. He loses, but he still wins because I'm sure he gets to keep a lot of that money that he made from those pieces that he just blatantly stole and printed. See, if he you can't even do that shit at Kinko's. Well, actually, you can't do it at Kinko's because I don't think Kinko's exists anymore. (laughs) But in the old days, you had to show proof of copyright if you wanted to copy something like that. Yep. Unless you work there overnight like I did and just would copy whatever the hell you wanted. And if anybody gave you five bucks, you'd still copy it anyway. There's there's always a way. Yes, that's true. Ups and doodads. Well, so far, Brian, it looks like Apple has sold about 200,000 of the Vision Pro headsets. 
pretty impressive. That's, we don't know exactly a, how many they have, but I'm assuming that's probably most of them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I think I think it is. They said they were going to make up to a half million the first year, but okay. uh, yeah. and and the interesting story, the side story, is that uh, there were so many people that were buying them to repost on eBay. <laughs> and completely figured out how to get around that part where you get to you have to scan your head. It's like they were clever enough to get around Apple's head scanning issue. So okay. apparently one hacker figured out how to how to um, take the head scanning data, put it off to the side, and then uh, use that during the pre-order process and just kind of inject it into the pre-order process. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just tell everybody, oh, when you get there, tell them it doesn't fit or if it fits, great. But you there, there's a... Um, there's a program that when you come in to get it fitted for the first time, if it doesn't fit, they'll refit you with a different one. So I imagine there's going to be one size that's going to be <laughs> all over the place. Right. So, yeah, good for them. I can't wait to hear some actual reviews with people that have it. There's going to be over 600 apps when it first comes out, which is pretty that's impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I just got an email this morning that Fantastical is now optimized for Vision Pro. I'm like, okay, great. Just what I want. <laughs> spatial calendar. Yeah. yeah. I don't even want Fantastical, let alone do I want Fantastical in 3D. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, this, this, one, this is an interesting one. And this comes back to something I said a long time ago. It, it, Apple says EU accounts for just 7% of its global app store revenue. And, and I said, back when the EU was getting all pissy about, you know, all of this stuff, I'm like, well, Apple could just say no and pull out because... It's a very it's a smaller market and they can take the hit and that would teach them a lesson. Yes. And so what Tim Cook is doing is he's making these new rules for the side loading of App Store. You know, you bring bring your own App Store and and shit. He's making the term so onerous that nobody's going to want to do it. Even Mark Zuckerberg said, yeah, nobody's going to want to do that. So I think this comes back to them just saying, yeah, fuck you. We, you're, yeah. you're nothing to us. This is, this, is definitely, this is definitely a shot across the bow saying, okay, we don't care. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very interesting because 7% of uh, Apple's global app store revenue compared to their total revenue is probably like, you know, less than half a percent right. of total revenue. So I don't, th- I don't think they would, they would, you know, I don't even think they would notice the hit if it went away. Probably they would not, notice no. they, what they would notice is the hardware hit because I think people would stop actually buying iPhones. But even that, you know, we'll see how see how this plays out. But I think Apple's definitely pushing back and they're not they're not happy about it. And do I think that's cool? No, I don't. But I I think that we should be able to load whatever app we want on our fucking phone personally. But you know, they're gonna hang on to every last bit of that revenue as they can. Yeah. yeah. They built it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I think we. I remember talking about this this gizmo when it first came out, and we just kind of laughed about it and never discussed it again. But uh, a couple of years ago, Snap decided that the selfie production pipeline needed to be improved upon. Bathroom mirrors and selfie sticks, not cutting it. So they decided the next <laughs> evolution in the art of taking pictures of yourself would involve a flying robot. So it yep. launched the Pixie, the tiny yellow drone, designed to follow you around and take cute candids of you while you did stuff. Yeah, it was cute. It was yeah. a cute little little. Yeah, drone. it was yeah. a cute little thing that retailed between 185 and 250 bucks. Wasn't so that cute? <laughs> not that cute, and it did not do well. 
So Snap halted development on the product a mere four months after it launched. However, lots of things, lots of these things are out there. Uh, during its short reign, the drone's, ta- the drone's tagline was your friendly flying camera, except it turns out those devices aren't quite so friendly after all. In fact, <laughs> Snap is urging the small number of people who did buy the Pixie to immediately stop using it and remove the battery and stop charging it. If you're wondering why, it's because the damn thing could overheat and explode. Whoops. <laughs> So, yes, the the battery can overheat, potentially catch on fire and injure you while taking a cute selfie. Uh, they report that the drone should be returned without the batteries. You need to figure out we how to get back. rid of those death traps. <laughs> you keep the little flying bomb. We'll just take the, give us the propellers. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, these guys can't catch a break. No, they really can't, but they're still there. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, something else that's still there. Let's get into the AI news. Okay. Sam Altman is, uh, he's a bigger flip flopper than John Kerry. So now he's saying GPT-5 will just be okay. It'll be okay. All right. You know, he's managing expectations mm-hmm. on one side. On the other side, he's saying, it's going to kill us all. But so which one is it, Sam? Which one is it today? It's going to so, kill us all in a very meh, bland way. It is. It's going to kill us through boring fucking headlines. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, that's why I just I, I don't even care what these guys say anymore. You no, know, the it's whole not thing worth with, listening to. No, because it's all self-serving bullshit. The whole thing with, uh, you know, let's have a moratorium. It's like because every, everybody that signed that moratorium was starting an AI company and wanted to catch up. But it seems like all the people with the money have caught up and are, are actually surpassing what uh, GPT-4 can do, at least at this point. So it's all because it's all the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's all just, you know, incremental differences based on the same logical code base. You know, people are doing little tweaks to it, but the underlying theory is the same for all of them. So in, in half of the shit's open source now. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there's a really good article that I found called How AI Works, which is a very non-technical, extremely non-technical explanation of how LLMs work and the whole thing. Right. So I recommend just – I think anybody can read this and, and get a better grasp on what AI is because it will be better cocktail party conversation for for everybody if you guys got at least a little bit of a handle on it. Yeah. So recommend checking that out. And he does a follow-up article called How, a, how AI Doesn't Work. All the things that you hear in the articles from Sam Altman. Yeah, it doesn't do that. Yeah, it doesn't do that. No, it does not have a soul. It does not reason. Um, it doesn't understand many, 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 many things. So uh, this guy, Nir Zickerman, is the guy that wrote it. Uh, he used to be the former head of audiobooks at Spotify, and he was one of the co-founders of Anchor, one of okay. the shittiest podcast hosting platforms of all time. Didn't we talk so, to them at some point? Were we uh, on but them? His, his writing's pretty good, so he should stick to that. Okay. We were never on Anchor. No, okay. no, I would never, ever move to Anchor. Anchor was one of the they, – I could go on for an hour about the shittiness of Anchor. Nah, but okay. uh, Yeah. So – and uh, if you just want to drown in another sea of bullshit, Vitalik Buterin, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, uh, he wrote an article, The Promise and Challenges of Crypto Plus AI Applications. Mm-hmm. And it even includes a Venn diagram. Ooh. On the artificial intelligence side, he's got centralized, little transparency, energy consumptive, monetization limited, and monopolistic. On the blockchain side, we've got decentralized, transparent, energy efficient solutions. Fucking finally, uh, user monetization and accessible. So the synergies are 
data ownership, transparency, monetization, cost cutting, competition, innovation, and inclusive. Fuck you. Well, if you'd like that bullshit in a more bite-sized chunk, you can listen to the latest episode of Pivot, Deepfake Regulation, Media Layoffs, and guest Chris Dixon. Now, Chris Dixon is promoting his latest book, Read, Write, Own, Building the Next Era of the Internet by Chris Dixon. Chris Dixon is an American internet entrepreneur and investor. And And here's here's all you need to know. He is a general partner at the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz. Boom. Boom. (laughs) So he goes on and uh, he talks to Scott and Kara and he's trying to uh, extol the virtues of of the blockchain and, and AI and all the applications being built on the blockchain. And they did a really good job of saying, so like what? And he had (laughs) nothing. And he kept going back to, there's just some really cool things. Like what? Like what? Nothing. This tells me I will never fucking read this book. He had to have been prepared for this, but he had nothing. He did not say a single thing that made me think blockchain is worth fucking shit at all. Or it's going to be the future <laughs> at all. The best he could do was like, well, there's some really interesting things out there. Like, um, you know, there's a platform that lets people across the Internet that have never met before write a story together so that eventually if it gets picked up, they can share the pro- proceeds of the a- of the uh, the IP. What? Fuck you. That's stupid. The best you've got is a way to jumpstart some creativity so then it gets sold into the normal pipelines of things. That's it? That's it? Yeah. Okay. No. Fucking so stupid. We've been screaming about this stuff for so long, and there's so much money being pumped into it. Even the people that know the most about this stuff, that live in it, that invest in it, that that write books about it, when they've asked what they can actually do with it, Nothing. Nope. You know why? Because they're still banking on the fucking greater fool theory. That's it. That is their business model now. They need to rope people in so they can get rid of it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Until when the next shiny thing comes along. That's it. The problem is you're still hearing about Web3 and the blockchain from these guys because they still got so much fucking money in it that they can't get rid of. That's true. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's the entire that that is the entire house of cards right there. Yeah. So I think it's highly worth listening to that interview because it's just it's just great. Like he's gung ho about everything. And then as soon as he gets questioned, just literally nothing just falls apart. You know, that I don't listen to that show anymore because I'm kind of over them. But yeah. I think I'll make an exception this time. Yeah, just forward to the I interview I'll make part. An exception. good. Well, I took your suggestion, Jason, and I picked up this book may save your life. Everyday health hacks to worry less and live better by Karan Rajan. Highly enjoyable, fun book. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're all going to die and our bodies are fucking useless. But hey, great. Mm hmm. Yeah. At least you can get a chuckle on the way to the grave. Yeah, he's a, he's a very he's a, he's a wonderful communicator. He's a he's a great health communicator. Definitely dig him. So it's a fun yeah. book. It's a good read. You learned a few things for sure. Uh, I like the little everyday health hacks. It's, you know, it's nothing we don't know. Drink a lot of water. Eat vegetables. Okay. Yeah, he's fun to watch on Instagram too because his videos are are very entertaining. So I'll have to follow him. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does a, some some takedowns of viral folks when they're like talking about different things. He's like, "Well, that's kind of true, but really not." <laughs> He's just it, he really breaks it down. It's funny. 
Um, I have been since the beginning of the year. Every morning, I get up and open up my iPad, and I've got two of those uh, daily, uh, you know, daily tip dealios yeah. mm-hmm. going on. Uh, the first one I'd check out is the Daily Laws: Three Hundred Sixty Six Meditations on Power, Seduction, Mastery, Strategy, and Human Nature by Robert Greene. Okay, because I like Robert Greene, and I got this on sale a long time ago, and uh, it's been sitting in my my Kindle for a long time. But at the beginning of the year, I'm like, ah, eh, maybe I should try these things because. The second one I've got, it, my dad uh, swears by, and I even bought him a very nice leather-bound autographed version of. It's the the Daily Stoic, 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living by Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hanselman. The funny thing is, Robert Greene, uh, well, actually, Robert Greene and Ryan Holiday have a, they're, they're tied at the hip because Ryan Holiday used to be Robert Greene's writing assistant. Right. And he learned everything about writing from Robert Greene, uh, except how to write. Unfortunately, my dad and I both chuckle about the fact that Ryan Holiday is one of the worst writers we've ever read. The ideas are there. The ideas are good. If you can get past the horribleness of his actual writing, um, then 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 the books are enjoyable. But you can't you can't say that Ryan Holiday is a good writer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Good ideas, poor execution. Robert Greene, great writer. I, I really enjoy his stuff. It's funny that you mentioned stoicism because I, I stumbled across an article earlier this week and I was going to send it to you, but then I totally forgot. I think it was over on The Guardian uh, because it's Johnny Lydon's birthday this this mm. week. I think he turned 68 or something like that. And it was this really long, great article about how punk rock and stoicism are intricately uh, connected and, and it gets really deep into it. And it was, I was like, Jason would like this, but then I totally forgot. So, oh, yeah, well. It's on The Guardian. Uh, Search for Johnny okay. Lydon. Uh, well, okay, that's homework. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, we don't do homework on this show. No, no we don't. Um, I do want to throw out a pitch for my friend uh, Teresa McNulty's new book, Itchy. Mm. Uh, it's uh, it's a really cute little uh, kids book, age for age four to five. Nice you know, that that little range. So so she just put it out. Uh, it's paperback. Go check it out. Link is in the show notes. So good luck, Teresa. Kill it. Over at Patreon, we've got Mariana. Mariana, just for you, Deliveroo! <laughs> Ms. BKG18 wrote us a beautiful review. Thank you very much. It's very long, but uh, so we will we will read that. We won't read that to to you listeners right now. But I do. She does have a personal request. At the beginning of 2023, you both mentioned a great $1,000 chair, but I can't find the name. That would be the Herman Miller Mira Two. Sitting on it right now. I'm standing because. I need to stand. Uh, But uh, as soon as I go back, I will edit this show sitting on that chair, too, because it is the best Herman Miller chair that they make, in my opinion. Agreed. Yep. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Over at PayPal, we've got Charlie, Richard, Simon, Judge, Huawei, Thomas, Nikolai, Levy, and Nicolay. (laughs) Tongue twisting time. It is. It is. Over at the tip chair, we've got Adam, Nick, Matthew, and Sarah. And again, no reviews. What happened? What happened? I think every single one of our listeners has already given us a review, Jason. I think that and then some. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> so get well soon, Dave. Dave is out this week with uh, an ailment. So tune yep. back in next week for Shit Shower and Shave with Dave. That's right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. Show notes and links to everything we talked about today are at GOG.show slash 634. GOD.show slash donate is the place to drop us a few bills so we can keep bringing you this top-notch entertainment. Don't forget to share the show with your friends and enemies. It's just a little button in your player. Click it, share it, boom, Bob's your uncle. And at GOG.show, you can find a link to our Discord channel if you want to chat with us and other show fans. 
Head over to GOG.show slash contact to send us your feedback, comments, or links to cool shit you think we should talk about on the air. And since apparently nobody gets to this part, I just want to reiterate, GOG.show slash review is where you can toss us a review and preferably five stars that we can read on the air. Stay grumpy.